This is Ashley Couch, and you are listening to Modern Renegades, episode number 29. Welcome to Modern Renegades Podcast. This is a life coaching podcast for the person who wants to learn how to lose themselves in the moment, not life circumstances. Each week, we will explore mental and spiritual practices that will inspire you to ask, seek, and heal. They are for the modern renegade. They are for you. Hey, renegades. I'm going to just dive right on in today. Here we go. I have been torn on how to approach my work in light of these current events. One part of me believes that I have no place discussing racism and social injustice. I want to acknowledge I'm a white woman who is just waking up and becoming aware of what it means to have white privilege, to do my own work to become anti-racist. I don't have an education on it. And if you heard my last episode, you heard that I'm taking time to listen and unlearn everything I do know about racism, which brings me to the other part. Since the pandemic hit, I've sat down with my family for our weekly dinners. And each week I kind of mention, not even in passing, this country's going to hell and I want to leave. I've been scouting other countries. I'm looking at their politics, how they handle the virus, whatever, all of it. After George Floyd was murdered, I was like, we need to leave now. This shit is wrong. These people are fucked. And I don't want to be associated to a country that allows this sort of in social justice and brutality. And then I started to wake up and I realized voices like mine, fuck, it's white voices, white women voices, white male, all the fucking voices, they are needed now more than ever. I didn't hear that before. I'm hearing it now. And that is something that I feel called to do. I can be a voice who can advocate and I can make a difference and it is needed now more than ever. What's happening to the black lives in my community, in this country and around the world and to people of color, to humans, it's not fucking right. And I'm not going to hide from it. I guess you could say this has given me a reason to stay when normally I might want to leave. I'm not going to. I'm going to learn what it means to be anti-racist, and I'm going to stand up for black lives in a way that I hadn't before. I'm going to be a part of this fight and the change that is needed. And that is happening right now. And I, I feel and find, I can see that there's hope. I really do feel like right now, more people than ever are seeing how they have been silent and complacent. I personally... I've never seen this before. I also want to say that there is a there's a huge chance that I'm going to say the wrong thing or I'm going to get it wrong. And that I might sound insensitive and ignorant. And I want to apologize ahead of time. I also want to apologize and say I am sorry for just now showing up. I am sorry for just now paying attention and seeing what's going on. I am sorry that I did not hear you until now. I'm here to make a commitment today to use my voice to stand by you against racism. I take responsibility for my inaction in the past, and I'm taking responsibility for my future actions. I'm committed to unlearning everything my environment and white institutions have taught me and relearning from my black community and black leaders what it means to be an ally. I wasn't sure how I could use my platform, what I could say or do to contribute. But after doing my own work, I've realized I do have something to offer. The work I do as a coach is built on the foundation of thought work. 
that our thoughts create our feelings, which fuel our actions, and our actions create the results in our lives. When you become aware of your thinking, which is one of the most powerful acts you will ever take, not only does this give you the authority over your life, you will find that you can start creating the life you want by creating new thoughts. What I'm offering today and in the coming weeks are the ways in which I'm using thought work with myself and my clients to share with you guys how the brain works and the first steps in shattering your belief systems and how to process the emotions. This work is an addition to, it's not instead of anti-racist work. It's a very small piece in the work that you need to be doing. For all of your anti-racist work, I want to direct you to the black and people of color community of experts, teachers, and leaders to unlearn and learn from, to listen to, to support. Most white people I know are waking up and acknowledging what has been happening to black lives and people of color for the first time, seeing their own conditioned, learned subconscious racist thinking and coming to terms with it while actively working on becoming anti-racist. We are gaining awareness to the conditioned beliefs that we've been taught by our families, white institutions, and the media, beliefs that we've never questioned before. And as we examine those first layers, we are uncovering deeper subconscious beliefs. Many of us are seeing the racist that has been residing in our minds for the first time. I know I have, and it's been emotionally sickening to experience. But I have to believe this is good news. This pain we are feeling is necessary. Guilt, regret, anger, sadness, confused, embarrassed, awkward, wrong, shame, none of it fucking feels good. But this is what is to be expected, and this is what is required under these circumstances. It is a human response to the human condition. We want to process those feelings so we can get into the ones that will fuel action. I've started listening to the audiobook Me and White Supremacy by Layla Afsad, and she says, Love is one of those words that's hard to define. But in the context of this work, it means that you do this work because you believe in something greater than your own self-gain. It means you do this work because you believe that every human being deserves dignity, freedom, and equality. It means you do this work because you desire wholeness for yourself, for the world. It means you do this work because you want to become a good ancestor. It means you do this work because love is not a verb to you, but an action. It means you do this work because you no longer want to intentionally or unintentionally harm BIPOC. You will also need love for this journey because when the truth-telling gets really hard, you will need something more than pain and shame to keep going. Pain and shame are neither desirable nor sustainable as long-term strategies for transformational change. It is my hope that it is love that brought you to this work. It is my conviction that love will keep you going. If you haven't already ordered this book, Renegades, do it. Listen up. It is sold out on Amazon and probably in most of your bookstores. So just download it. Get the audio. It comes with the PDFs. It's fucking awesome. In the past, I've talked about shattering your belief systems and why choosing pain is useful and necessary for change. That your brain has this wicked cool ability called neuroplasticity. That it's like plastic. And you can change your pattern thinking and behaviors. That shift happens. The first step in doing this work to shatter your belief systems requires only one thing of you right now. That you start to question your beliefs. Your thinking. You may not have considered before what a belief is. 
Beliefs are just thoughts that you have adopted and are repeated long enough that your brain doesn't question them. The dictionary says a belief is an acceptance that a statement is true and almost always implies certitude, even when there is no evidence or proof. You know, you want to know what's really fucking wild? A belief doesn't require any active introspection. Do you know what that means? That means someone can tell you something like the sun will come up tomorrow and you will never question that. And look, the sun, every day it comes up. As I'm talking about this, I think that's probably what's been most difficult about the pandemic for people in their brains. We believed our life looked a certain way and that that's just how it was. You never really questioned why you went to the office 50 hours a week before. You just assumed that you had, that's what had to be done to be productive and to get work done. When that was stripped away, your brain went into cognitive dissonance for sure. It was like, wait, whoa, hey, but I have to go to the office. What do you mean work from home? That's not how you do it. Look at you now, working from home, unable to believe that you ever had to go to the office. The way our brain is wired. So it would rather you didn't question. The brain wants to be efficient. It's like Netflix. You know how when you watch one movie, it recommends 76 others just like it? It creates this algorithm so you, so you, don't, you don't have to use any energy. Your brain is wired with the same efficiency. If you believe something, it will provide you with the similar thoughts and evidence around you to confirm your belief. As I've mentioned before, your brain rather be right and then feel bad. It doesn't care how bad the feelings are as long as the brain is right. Your thinking is so familiar to you. You identify with it. It's your personality. This is because your brain has developed these neural pathways and your behavior is on a repeated pattern. This is beneficial for humans. Like I said, it's, it's efficient. You don't have to think through every little thing you do, like walking. You don't have to consider lift foot, bend knee, fire off glute, blah, blah, blah. In the morning when you wake up, if, if you're like me, you mindlessly make your coffee and toast. You could do that shit with your eyes shut. We conserve brain energy because of this. Thinking, the beliefs, all of it. This is how that goes. Here's why this sucks. Most of your beliefs on religion, parenting, politics, friendships, relationships, race, they've all been adopted by you before you were old enough to consider and weigh out your options. You've never really questioned these beliefs. At the time, your brain wasn't developed enough to analyze and make the decisions. You just absorbed what you were told by your environment. But because it was never questioned and it's just there into the subconscious, your brain has downloaded it and out of efficiency, they're just there, you believing it. You have been hearing thoughts and beliefs your whole life from the world around you and unfortunately, You have been taught and sold a narrative, myself included, about black people and people of color that you don't even realize. Because Not just because, I mean, because you've never questioned it, but because it's just there. This is where my brain has had the most difficult time. I recognized the racism around me and decided I didn't agree with it or believe the same thing as the people around me. I chose to believe I'm not a racist. But that was the end of it. I never actively questioned what racism was, how to get involved, or educate myself further. 
You can bet this past week hearing social justice workers and experts on racism tell me that if you grew up in America, you have racist beliefs. I was not having it. I was not. <laughs> I was like, wait, no, no. Mm -mm. On the contrary, my brain kept saying, uh, no, we decided we weren't racist. Those other people are racist and ignorant. I'm not. And then I'd hear them again. America was built off colonialism. If you were raised in America and educated in America by white institutions and are white, you have racist thinking. And all of the privileged thoughts that came with that, that I, you guys, I literally was one, I thought privilege meant you, you had money and nice things and you were from a nice neighborhood. I really had no idea. I had never considered what privilege meant. Now, now I know. I was consumed with emotion and found that I couldn't respond. My brain was at a tug of war with the immediate thought, I'm not racist. That's not even possible with all of these new thoughts that suggested I was. I froze. I grappled with this information and through my self-coaching work, I started to question like, wait, is it possible? Could I have racist thoughts in my brain? Have I been wrong this entire time? It took me days to reconcile and admit how I've been racist, how I am racist. I did not want to. I wanted to resist seeing it and I wanted to resist admitting it. Once I did, and now that I have, I'm able to start doing the work required to unlearn all of this noise. I've mentioned to you all before the book, The Choice by Dr. Edith Edgar. It's her story about surviving Auschwitz and how much later in life she overcame the trauma that she experienced. And by later in life, I mean much later in life. It meant she had to go there to her past to see the events and the things that she'd been suppressing and hiding from. It's a powerful story that will give you an entirely different perspective on how to think about your circumstances in life. And because she's a psychologist and specialist in trauma, she shares with you some of the work she did on herself and that she does with her clients. Highly recommend this book as well. In an interview, Dr. Eager talks about prejudice and speculates that we all have a Nazi in us. It's jarring to say and hear, but let me read to you what she said. Prejudice means to prejudge. And when we look at life as us and them, I think we are creating another Auschwitz. We all have a Nazi within us. So taking a risk is to go down, to really go down, go down, go completely down, and love over what you hate. That's the hardest thing, and to raise the Nazi in you. Rather than running from it or fighting it, not to think that the Nazis were monsters, they were beautiful children who were taught to hate. We're not born with fear. We are born with love. Fear and love will never coexist. Fear begets more fear. And whatever you practice, you become better at. You have the choice every morning, whether you are going to be for something or against something. Just sit with that for a minute. We all have a Nazi within us. To take the risk is to go down, to go really down, and completely love over what you hate. Becoming anti-racist will require you acknowledging these subconscious beliefs and behaviors. It is not going to feel good. 
but the discomfort you will feel pales in comparison to the discomfort BIPOC face and deal with every day. To shatter your belief systems only requires one thing from you, that you ask yourself questions. All you have to do is start asking why. I'd want to recommend you do a brain drain. Just start dumping your thoughts out on paper. Don't judge them. You just unload your thinking on one to three pages. This helps get out all that surface stuff out of the way. Remember, you have 40 to 60,000 thoughts a day. To get to your subconscious, you have to start at the top. We have so many beliefs just running in the background and we want to bring them forward. We do this by asking questions. Once you're done, take a few of the thoughts that you wrote down and from a place of compassion, ask yourself, why do I choose to think this? Who decided this? What if none of this is true? Could I be wrong about the belief? Because your brain, remember, it's like Netflix. It's going to look for the evidence as to why you're right. Don't go there. Just keep exploring and looking at your beliefs from every possible angle. What do I want to choose to think and believe? Why have I been choosing this belief? Where did I learn this belief from? How does this belief serve me? It's going to bring up feelings, feelings that you don't want to experience. I want to offer to you, after admitting and seeing this side of yourself and sitting here, to sit here with these feelings. Actively acknowledge and allow this emotion to vibrate through your body. Your brain will want to resist. It's been able to look the other direction and has done so probably because it didn't want to experience guilt, shame, sadness, the pain, and so on. Your brain is designed to seek pleasure, avoid discomfort, and be efficient. Processing pain is the last thing it wants to do. For now, just be the narrator of what is going on in your body. This work is really useful because when you're caught up in all of your thinking, you can't identify what's going on. A single thought causes a vibration in your body, an emotion. The brain doesn't deliver one thought at a time, so what starts happening in your body is just like full throttle, and you can't identify all of the feeling, and and you feel out of control. So if you just tap the brakes... You will start to process one feeling at a time. You will find out what thought is causing you to experience that vibration, that feeling. So from here, just look at your individual beliefs. And as you examine it, check in with your body. Is there any part that is calling out to you? What are you feeling? Are you tempted to push it away? to avoid feeling it. Now continue to describe it. Labeling it shifts you from your primal survival brain, you guys. You go from that, like what's happening to your prefrontal cortex, your logical planning, problem-solving portion of your brain. So that shift happens and and to label it, what you want to do is like ask yourself questions like, is this sensation in my body, this vibration, does it move fast or slow? Where is it moving? Is it in my chest? Is it my throat? Do I feel it in my core, in my solar plex? Is it heavy? Is it light? Is it shaky? 
Does it have a color? Once you do this, you really create space to feel. What do you think the sensation is there to tell you? If you could shine a flashlight on it, what would you see? From that space, ask yourself, what is wrong? If you had to guess what this feeling needed from you, what would it be? One thing that came up for me while doing this work was my fear about being wrong. I was afraid I'd say the wrong thing if I spoke up. I was afraid to admit I was wrong about what it meant to be racist. I didn't want to experience or feel the emotions that I knew were coming. The first surface ones about saying the wrong thing as a white woman were feelings of like insecurity, embarrassed, ignorance, I'm uneducated. And then as I got deeper, I saw the next round of feelings associated to being wrong about what it meant to be racist. And there was guilt, sadness, shame. Finally, I was flooded with the emotions of devastation, hypocrisy, and just sick upon acknowledging how I've been racist. And I'm still, I'm still sickened and I'm having a really hard fucking time saying the words, which is why I'm going to continue to say it. I refuse to allow myself to get stuck in the shame. And I can experience all of these emotions and still show up. I can feel uncomfortable in the discomfort. I can face being wrong in order to learn what's right. I can love this racist into anti-racist. You can change your beliefs. You can change how you show up. You can decide how you want to feel about circumstances and actively choose the thoughts you need to believe in order to create that. What I'm saying is that change is possible. Your brain isn't fixed. You are not your thoughts. That what you believe is not a fact and you can believe anything you want. Next week, I want to discuss this with you. And I want to talk more about these feelings and the thoughts you're experiencing with your current beliefs. But for now, I think we should just sit. We inquire, seek, reveal. And just be with this for the week. Renegades, I'm sending you all my love. I'm here with you during this time. Stay safe. Renegades. Thank you for tuning in this week. If you're enjoying this podcast, please let me know. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and show it with a five-star rating and review. You can also head on over to my website, ashleymkelsch.com to sign up for my newsletter, leave your questions or comments, and just connect with me directly. I look forward to hearing from you.